You guys mind if I join you down here today? I'll share with you in a little bit um, what's driving that. Um, as the kids make their way downstairs with their leaders, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah? I know we did, um, but, but I tell you, it feels like before the dishes were dry and the leftovers were eaten, um, Christmas is upon us. And, uh, you know, as we can see this morning, uh, we are moving into the season, shifting our focus, um, certainly from gratitude. We want to rem- uh, hold on to that gratitude, but shifting our focus to the expectation and the anticipation of the coming uh, and the return of Jesus. Christmas is 24 days away. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, no pressure. 24 days away. How many of you have your tree up already? Yep. Today? You just finished, didn't you, Beth? Oh, you're doing it today. Okay. Okay. Well, we know Brandon does. I'm assuming at that sixth... Uh, Home Depot, you found a tree. Where is Brandon? Is he here? Okay. Did you find one at the, that last? Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, you know, the people that have their tree up already are the same people uh, who raised their hand last week when I asked you if you had your turkey yet. Uh, my back is a little sore today. That's why I asked to join you uh, on the floor from pulling uh, 36 uh, bins out of our very organized attic. Um, Kim has already begun the, the transformation uh, of the house and the fall decorations are going up and the Christmas uh, is replacing it. So it has begun. And uh, for all of us, today is just a simple reminder uh, that all we do in the coming days should foster the anticipation and the expectation of Christmas. The anticipation and the expectation of the coming of Jesus, our Savior. And ultimately, His return when the hope that we're going to talk about today becomes a reality for all those who placed their faith in Him. And so on this first Sunday of Advent, uh, we turn our attention to that hope, to the hope that we find in Christ. Uh, our understanding of hope, uh, really as a culture, uh, and this side of heaven often has to do more with wishful thinking than it does with a true biblical hope. Uh, we say, I hope I'll get this or that for Christmas. Uh, I hope I get that job. Uh, I hope my team wins. And for some of you, that was really wishful thinking yesterday. I hope tomorrow is a better day. But biblical hope, the hope that we're talking about today is not wishful thinking. Biblical hope is far more than that. Biblical hope is a confident expectation. Are you with me? It's not just, man, I hope this is going to happen. I don't really expect it to. I doubt it will. But boy, I hope it will happen. No, biblical hope. The hope we have in Christ is a confident expectation. A confident expectation that the promises of God will actually come to pass. It's a different way of living. It's a different way of going through this life. 
It's connected deeply to faith and the expectation that all that God has revealed to us in His Word is true and will come true ultimately in each of our lives as we continue to follow Christ. Jesus is the incarnation. He is the personification He is the enfleshment, if you will, of that hope. He is hope. So unlike wishful thinking, the Apostle Paul shares with us in Romans chapter 5 that the kind of hope that we're talking about this morning, the hope in the birth of our Savior, the hope ultimately in His return, it's a hope that does not disappoint. And Paul shares this in Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Paul said, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, that means we've been declared not guilty before God. He, the gavel has fallen, and when we express our faith and we receive Jesus Christ, we are declared not guilty and forgiven. So therefore, since we have been justified through faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by that faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. And how many of you are hoping for suffering this year? I don't think we're going to hear a whole lot of that. He says, not only so, we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And that hope does not disappoint us. It's not wishful thinking. It's so much deeper and so much more a reality in our lives than than the earthly hope that we often express so that hope doesn't disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us he says you see at just the right time when we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die but God demonstrates his own love for us in this That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And for the believer, as Paul said, hope resides within us. Because the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us. And we've already shared this verse. It's clearly going to be the theme of this morning's service. But my prayer for you this Christmas is Paul's prayer for the Romans. And we, we, again, we've shared it, but it is this prayer. May the God of hope, and receive this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you do what? As you trust in Him. So that you may overflow with hope, especially to other people. Not in and of your own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listening to Paul's words here and the fact that that this kind of hope doesn't disappoint us, even in the midst of suffering, even when our dreams don't come true, what we realize is that 
the hope we find in Jesus doesn't ride the waves of circumstance. It's not based on what's going on around us. It doesn't come and it doesn't go based on how we feel or our mood. It always remains constant and remains the same. It's not blind optimism. It's not wishful thinking. It remains constant because Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the third person of the Holy, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, resides within us as a testimony to the reality of that hope. Henry Nouwen is one of my favorite writers. He, he's no longer with us. He's a, a contemplative. Uh, Catholic writer, and I love what he said about hope. Listen to this. Again, hope is not blind optimism. He says, an optimist says the war will be over, the wounds will be healed, the depression will go away, and all will be better soon. He said the optimist may be right, but unfortunately he or she may be wrong. For none of us can control our circumstances. No, hope does not come from positive predictions about the state of the world any more than faith does. Nor does hope depend on the ups and downs of our life's particulars. And that's hard to live in that reality sometimes, isn't it? It's easy to lose hope when our circumstances begin to crumble and fail around us. But he says hope rather, has to do with God. We have hope and joy in our faith because we believe that while the world in which we live is shrouded with darkness, Jesus has overcome the world. In this world, you will have what? Tribulation. You're going to have trouble. I'm going to have trouble. We're all going to have trouble. But the hope that we have is not in this world that is shrouded with darkness because Jesus has overcome that. And that's what we celebrate. That's what we anticipate. That's what we expect to live in this Christmas season. Now and finishes by saying this, we follow the one who is not limited or defeated by the world's sufferings. Amen. That unchanging hope of Jesus defines and fuels our faith. It is the confident expectation that what we believe is true. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 defines faith. And in so doing, connects faith with the hope that we have. The writer of Hebrews said this. He said, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Man, it's not wishful thinking. It is a confident expectation of what the Scripture tells us about Jesus is true. That He was born of a virgin. That He lived a perfect life. That ultimately He died the perfect death. He was raised again on the third day that we might be forgiven and that we might live again with Him for all eternity. That's what we hope for. And that's what we can be confidently certain of. Over the course of the last few weeks, I've, 
I've challenged you guys um, to to share this morning, uh, to reflect on and ultimately share this morning um, your thoughts on this. And we've already had several of our families. Did they not do a great job up here? It, it's, it's, it's hard to follow Jacob and his friends and their parents. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, I, I asked you over the last few weeks just to reflect on this. Um, this Christmas, I hope. And to come prepared today to, to share just as, as our families have shared. And so I want to take a, little, a few minutes here this morning before um, we, we participate in communion just to hear from you. Um, as the Lord would lead you to share um, in what you hope for this Christmas individually, as a family, um, and to just kind of complete this thought. This Christmas, I hope. Anyone care to share? Oh, you? You could stay right there. Thank you, OU, so much. Stephen, would you mind grabbing that mic and uh, and kind of following folks around, if you don't mind? Thank you, OU. And what I gathered from that is your hope is, is, is in His will for you. He knows better than we do, doesn't He? Who's next? This Christmas, I hope. Darlene? Uh, Stephen's going to come with a mic over there for you. Get your exercise, Stephen. <laughs> Um, of all the things you've asked us to think and consider for years, I think I put more thought into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it led from the Titus study we did as a church, mm-hmm. um, where God calls us to, to be different, to be different than the world. So I thought about this over the last couple of weeks, and I think my greatest hope is that I just don't look like the world, that I'm not... Mm-hmm. Someone looks at me in all the Christmas preparation, and my, the place where my heart is, the place where I put my hope, is not in finding the exact best present for someone or that my home looks beautiful, although you guys know I love that. But my hope is that I reflect his glory, and I reflect in my heart what he, the hope he's given us. And um, that's just what I hope for this Christmas. Thank you for making me think about it so much. I thought we were supposed to do this last Sunday. So. <laughs> you had an extra week to prepare. That's awesome. It's so easy to get caught up in it all this time of the year. You know, um, we have our traditions as a family that, that are, you know, I mean, they're written in stone. And, it, you know, you, we've got to stick with those things. And sometimes, you know, you've got to be willing to hold things loosely and, uh, and, and, and allow God to... 
to just be in the midst of it if, if things aren't going as planned. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, for me sometimes that's hard. Who else? This Christmas, I hope. Kim? Just to piggyback on what Darlene said um, and, and Phil as well, as we go through um, Christmas season, I think this season is one that most of us live on purpose and intentionally more than any other. But unfortunately for me and, and maybe for you too, it's more focused on the perfect gifts and it's more focused on your house. Or maybe how your kids behave. Not that I ever had that issue. But, <laughs> you know, whatever your focus gets put on, this season is very intentional. I would imagine most of us have to-do lists that we are focused on every single day. Because you only got so many days to make this happen. So my hope, and again, very similar to Darlene's, is that I would be as intentional in seeking out Christ first as I am about checking out that to-do list. Um, because, as you said, we, we can be certain if we do that, he will fill us and he will give us what we need. He will show us what's important around us. He will make us overflow and look different. Um, and of that we can be certain. So. Fantastic. Thank you, honey. Who's next? Hunter, is that you, man? I'm kind of blinded over here. I think uh, similar to a lot of what you said, um, I know my hope for this Christmas is to be more present um, and to mm. be uh, more in the moment. Uh, a lot of times with Christmas, there's a lot of excitement, new activities, uh, coming of new kids, especially in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, thanking for, do we have the right Christmas tree? Do we have the presents? Do we have this? Do we have that? But you miss out on the moments you get to spend with your family and uh, enjoy the blessings that are given to us. That's my hope for this Christmas. That's fantastic. Thanks, honey. And I hope you guys, you know, y'all are saving that picture of your daughter from Thanksgiving. I mean, she, I don't know if anybody saw anybody else. I mean, she was the, the, the Thanksgiving queen. Yeah, fantastic. She, she, is, she is a queen. Um, actually, I have two hopes. Uh, one is personal. Uh, that I will spend the time and grow my relationship with Christ. Mm. That's a very uh, concrete goal I have for this season. And then Gail uh, and I talked about it. She's in the nursery, but we have a collective goal that we both want to, that I want to make sure I'm proactive uh, in thinking of her at this time to help her kind of unclutter and relax because Mm. she takes a lot of, personal responsibility on things and does a great job and I love her for it but I need to be involved with that because our collective goal is to make sure our kids and grandkids know how much we appreciate them and love them during this season Mm. thank you Abba and all the ladies said (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you brother I'm right there with you who's next can I just sit okay okay Uh, yeah just because it's such a crazy season sometimes, my first hope is just for God's perfect peace, which passes all understanding. Mm. Sometimes I can just get you know, caught up like you were saying. Even Thanksgiving, I caught myself you know, wanting everything to look beautiful and perfect and this, that, and the other. And, and it's just 
you know, but I did pray during that time, Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you and to love my family well. And I just want to, you know, but I want just to keep my eyes on Jesus and have that peace. And then my other hope, kind of selfishly, we've got a new baby on the way and we just want a nice, good, un- uncomplicated labor delivery and a healthy baby. So, yeah. About that. Thank you, Kate. There's tension there, though, isn't there, as far as, as you know, wanting the perfect Christmas and wanting everything to, 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 to go well for the family and, and then stepping over that line. It's so hard sometimes. Who's next? The hope that I've been thinking about um, over this last week and getting the emails helping remind me and and, um, everything, but um, is that people find the joy in this season and that through that joy they can find some peace in their heart. And everybody's got different things going on, Um, babies coming and uh, people who are sick, um, family you know, coming in and you're not knowing what you're going to do and what's going to happen. <laughs> and then we watch the movies and they're funny, but sometimes it's not funny. And um, um, but just basically that in the season with all the busyness and and making things nice for everybody, and that that in that they can find joy, and that we can have that and the peace from that in our heart. Fantastic. Anybody else? Bruce? I've got, um, Terry couldn't be here this morning, um, so I've got mine and hers, so I'll try to be brief. But in respect for her, I'm going to read hers first. Um, uh, Her first one was that when I start to get stressed, frazzled, and forget to keep the main thing the main thing, that I will remember the, uh, uh, the message of the first Christmas night from Matthew 121, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The second one was, this Christmas I hope that I will reflect the light of Jesus to my family and friends through my words and actions. Sounds like maybe some of the ladies in this mm-hmm. church got together. Um, <laughs> from Matthew 5:16, let your light shine before men that they may see your good words and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And then... Lastly, this Christmas I hope that a good friend will recover from a serious illness and that those who have lost loved ones will be able to feel joy again. Hmm. And uh, the Bible verse she had there was, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And uh, really mine were a little bit different. Mine were that... um, that we will all slow down to honor Christ and celebrate his birth, that divided families will put aside their differences and reconcile, that our country would put aside politics and take the time to unite and celebrate Christ's birth, and that my sister and her family would find Christ and open open up their hearts to him. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Um, I know some people in this room have flights to catch this afternoon, so uh, I'm going to have uh, one more person share, and uh, and then we're going to share in communion as we close. Anybody? Uh, Paul, would you like to share, brother? You don't need a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Paul doesn't need a microphone. No. 
Could not be more true. Thank you, Paul. What a wonderful way to uh, put an exclamation point <laughs> behind this uh, this time. Um, Matthew four uh, verse sixteen. Uh, just Matthew expresses our hope, and uh, he says this. He says the the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned, and that light is Christ. He is the one, the one hope that does not disappoint. And as we enter into uh, the coming days, as we celebrate Christmas together, um, we celebrate His birth. We, we focus on ourselves and, and how we can change ourselves, not how we can make others change. We anticipate His return. And, and Hebrews reminds us that we have this hope, Christ as an anchor for our souls, as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. And so as we gather around the Lord's table uh, this morning per His command, uh, and we embark in, in this series we're calling simply Christmas, uh, what we want to do this morning is to simply remember. Jesus said, come to this table in remembrance of me. And so we want to remember him, uh, his birth, uh, ultimately his death for the forgiveness of our sin, his resurrection, that we might live forever uh, with him. But we also want to remember him in the coming days. And again, as you guys have so beautifully said, keep the main thing the main thing. Our hope is beyond wishful thinking. It's beyond our circumstances, and it's beyond our sin, thank God. Our hope is to one day become like Him. And so as the band comes forward, um, let's bow our heads and uh, prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper.
Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have come, that you were born, that you and all that you bring to us, the hope, the peace, the joy, the love, uh, is a present reality. And I pray this season as we continue to step forward into that reality, you would grow us, you would draw us closer to an understanding of the expectation that we speak of. Lord, I pray this Christmas we would hold things loosely except for you, that we would cling to the anchor of our soul. And Lord, that we might give you the glory through it all, that we might be a blessing to those around us and not create the tension and the stress that we so try to avoid. And I pray that in Jesus' name.